This podcast is a production of Community Covenant Church in Eagle River, Alaska, a place where real people meet a real God to live in a real world. For more information, check out our website at communitycovenant.net. Colossians 1, verse 16. Now I rejoice in what was suffered for you, and I fill up in my flesh what is still lacking in regard to Christ's afflictions for the sake of his body, which is the church. I have become its servant by the commission God gave me to present to you the word of God in its fullness, the mystery that has been kept hidden for ages and generations, but is now disclosed to the saints. To them God has chosen to make known among the Gentiles the glorious riches of this mystery, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. We proclaim him, admonishing and teaching everyone with all wisdom, so that we may present everyone perfect in Christ. To this end I labor, struggling with all his energy, which so powerfully works in me. And Colossians 4, 5, and 6. Be wise in the way you act toward outsiders. Make the most of every opportunity. Let your conversation be always full of grace, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how to answer everyone. This is uh, Ted and Noah Hammett, father and son. And uh, Ted and Noah, along with their family, have been a part of Community Covenant now for over 12 years. And uh, now, Noah, for you, that means that you've been a part of Community Covenant since before you were two years old, and you had very little choice about it at the time. Uh, Ted, for you, that means you've been a part of Community Covenant Church since before you were, yeah, yeah since yeah. before you were younger than you are now, right? Yes, so, that's right. Um, There's more hair involved. <laughs> Uh, we have a, a really cool opportunity to really enter into a conversation that Ted and Noah have, have been having, really to some degree, for, a, for quite a long time. But in particular, over the last couple of months, um, a conversation that has happened mostly around, uh, around coffee at, at numerous uh, local coffee shops. And the reason we've asked them to share this conversation is because it's a conversation that really matters. As you're going to see, it's an interaction around the Word of God in particular around these passages in Colossians. And it's a very down-to-earth conversation with real questions about faith and what it means to follow Jesus Christ. And so we have, uh, we have in, in a sense, two fairly normal guys, ordinary guys, who, kind of, sort of, um, who have really grown up as a part of this faith community together, really in front of us. And so it should be of interest to us to hear what they have to say, both from the perspective of father and son, uh, the way they've interacted with some of these questions, some of the answers they've, they've come up to right now, some of the questions that they have about each other's answers. And, um, and, and so our, my, my prayer, and I really believe that as a part of this, we're going to have our hearts stirred for, towards not only real conversation of this matter, but, but interaction around the word of God in community that draws us towards the person of Christ. And so let me pray for you guys and turn it over to you. Father, thank you for Ted and Noah. Thank you that your spirit has, uh, has, has stirred their hearts and moved them into this conversation and is revealing truth to them. And I pray for us as we, as we enter in, I pray that you'd help us to find our way into this conversation by your spirit. Draw us to the person of Christ and your love for us. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks, Neil. Ready to go? Yeah. Luke, this is your father. Are you on there? Okay. Hey, let me start by uh, kind of setting the 
journey here and what's gone on with Noah and I. Uh, I'd like to read again Colossians 1.28, which is kind of our key verse. Uh, first in the NIV. He is the one we proclaim, admonishing and teaching everyone with all wisdom, so that we may present everyone fully mature in Christ. And then I'd like to read it in the message, which is a paraphrase. The mystery in a nutshell is just this. Christ is in you. So therefore, you can look forward to sharing in God's glory. It's that simple. This is the substance of our message. We preach Christ, warning people not to add to the message. We teach a spirit of profound common sense so so that we can bring each person to maturity. To be mature is to be basic. Christ, no more, no less. The word of truth. Let me kind of describe uh, myself, kind of what's brought us here the last couple of years. Uh, this verse has been very forefront in my life, uh, and just God has challenged me to answer the question, what does it mean to present each other mature in Christ? And uh, through Scripture, uh, and some of that we'll go over today, but uh, the, the premise that our conversation is based on here is that on conversion, God has put in me and in you and in Noah, anybody else, everything needed to be an impact on their lives, to change the world for Christ. And that means wherever you're at in your life. And uh, I've been thinking about that, and I talked to Mark about, I think I had a message in that, and someday I'd like to get a chance to share that. And uh, Mark, in good sense, said, well, give me an outline, we'll see where it goes. And uh, I downed the outline day, and Noah and I were talking, and, and uh, I hadn't really got the outline together. And I, I Noah was sitting there, we were having coffee, which we do quite a bit. At, at one of the coffee shops on the road down here. And uh, we just came up with this idea for, and uh, uh, Noel described some questions we came up we're going to answer. But really what we're trying to model here is what it means to have a conversation that matters. And, of course, that will look a lot different depending on who you're talking to. And this is just, I, I've been amazed at what this has meant for Noah and I. And, um, so we're just going to kind of dig in. You want to jump in and tell us a little bit? Sure. Um, so, uh, we have the poll, there's a conversation that matters, and we're answering one big question, which is, what does it mean to be a Christian? And we're going, and our main verses are 124 through 29 to 5 through 6. And we're going to answer that big question with four littler questions, which is, what is church, what does it mean to be a Christian in everyday life, how should, what should our attitude be toward God, and how, slash, yeah, how can, slash, should we be Christ to each other? Well, let me ask you, Noah, we, uh, we've been working on this now for about six weeks, right? Yeah. And uh, we gave the outline to Pastor Mark, and he said, yeah, I think you should do it. And then we, the next day we got together and we said, well, let's just answer the questions. We figured, you know, two guys... We've been in the same house for 14 years. Uh, we've been in the same church for all that time. Our aunt, these are basic questions. These answers should uh, be pretty much aligned, you know. What, should be. What, what was their outcome, though? Um, they weren't the You same. got them all wrong. Yeah, well. Yeah. <laughs> we sort of, you sort of had this look on your face, like, how? I said to Noah, I said, uh, Noah, what, what are you thinking right now? Um, that was intense. Yeah, you said, Dad, you have a look in your face like you don't like my answer. Yeah. And that's exactly what I was thinking. Yeah. So that, you know, that, no, uh, that kind of set the pace. It should be of interest to me as a father that uh, after all that time, um, why are these answers so different? 
And of course, then he starts asking, well, what do you, you know, explain it to me. And I said, well, that's even more of a challenge. Yeah. And so uh, this, you know, I think that's pretty real, uh, whether we're talking to our sons or a stranger or whatever, you know. Uh, so these led to some just, from there on, we just got together two or three times a week, and we yeah. just started asking these questions, and we, what came to mind, and uh, that's where we're going to go. We're going to kind of share some of that. Yeah. Want to dive in? There we go. Oh, it's my turn to ask. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, Noah, here's the first question. Oh, oh, I forgot. After that first session, yeah. we decided, hey, you know, we, gotta, we can't just give our opinions to each other. Yeah. What's going to be our basis for what's the right answer? Well, we decided that since this is, should be based from the scripture, we would take all our answers and we'd go back to the scripture to find out what was opinion and what was fact. And we, uh, we ended up on Colossians as, as the book, and it, we really used all of Colossians. So we challenged ourselves after we answered the questions between us, to go to Colossians and see what the Word said about it. And we decided that's the Word of Truth is the foundation, right? Yeah. So. Oh, Noah, the first question. What is the church? Um, well, I was sort of thinking about this, and I, um, I remember that in the summer we had gone to this leadership summit sort of thing, and there's, that's when there's this church in Anchorage, and they record a video somewhere else, and there's a bunch of speakers, and they throw it up on a big screen with a projector, and um, yeah, it's a leadership summit. So one of the speakers, he was talking about how there was a church in uh, Africa, and um, the preacher, they were under like persecution from the police, so they couldn't have a Bible, they couldn't be having church or anything. So what he did was he took the Bible and he started ripping pages out, and he would give one or two pages to each of the people in the uh, congregation, and then they'd take that home and they'd memorize it. They'd memorize those one or two pages, and then they'd go back and they'd have the church under the darkness of night and because they couldn't be discovered. So and then he would stand up and he'd give a sermon. He'd say, who has, like, Corinthians 122? And the person who had that verse would stand up and they'd say it. And I was thinking about how that's really a good model for a church because we don't really have that here where we require that, like, sacrifice to go to church. But um, I think... I remember that, that example really stuck with you. What, what yeah. was it about that example that really stuck with you? It's just we don't really have that. And then I was wondering, if that were to happen here, would I be willing to do that kind mm -hmm. of thing. And now my question, well, I, we, I actually had a similar answer. I came up in a book I'd been reading, and it gave an example of a pastor here in the U.S. of a megachurch that went to Asia, and he was meeting with uh, small churches. And, and in, wherever he was in Asia, it was illegal to have church, and these people were risking their lives to come to church. And, uh, and then he came back to the U.S., and, and he pointed out, the first Sunday he was back, just the striking contrast as he, as he comes into his own church and, you know, there's a million dollars worth of building and cars in the parking lot and it's all good and songs and hymns and good people that he's the pastor of, but the contrast, he couldn't help but see the contrast of these people in Asia were risking their lives. Well, I think, no, we just have to ask, you know, I wonder if, if we do the same. Yeah. If, if, what would be the cost? I don't think that one we kind of left as a mystery, but it kind of left us challenged. Yeah. Like, you know. And then you came up with some geometry to describe this. Yeah, well, um, so you got an email from the pastor which had an example of the uh, simple church in forms of a uh, triangle on it. And there By the way, is, he came up with the images. I came up, yeah. Especially that last that. one, if you mark it. Yeah. And so at one point we have loving God, and another one we have loving others, and we have. 
making disciples. And that's three things that the scripture said should really go on in a church. And then, of course, at the center you have God and Jesus. That's just a simple church triangle. So before I even knew about this, um, Dad asked me what was church. And I was sort of like, well, let me give it to you in terms of a triangle. So this is what I drew up. And this is... This is with people, because I thought one person isn't really enough to have a church, because there's no communication and fellowship and things. And two is kind of pushing it. And I thought three is definitely a small church, but is really the bare minimum you should have. So we have one, two, three, and it's they're sort of connected at all points. And um, of course, at the center is God and Jesus again. And I was thinking about, well, these could work together. So I made what I call the hybrid, which is both of them put together. Um, and it's a little bit more complex. We have my basis triangle, and then at each of the points we have um, the simple triangle, simple church triangle again, to show that each of the people should really be have or be working towards getting those morals set into themselves. And of course, it's sent over God and Jesus. So, Pastor Mark sent me the triangle. I sent it to you. You came up with your own and mixed them together. Yeah. Oh, it's really complicated. And it's complicated. <laughs> so I, I kind of like the. Uh, Personally, I like the simple church, the yeah. love God, love others, make disciples. You know, love God, love others part seems, I think it's harder than we realize. Yeah. To, to walk into a room, no matter where you're at in your life, and have your thoughts be about God and about others. That's easier said than done. I think, I think we need the spirit for that. Let's see what Colossians says. Let's see what Colossians says. Oh, I went back. There we go. So Colossians 1, 17 to 18. And we found, by the way, as we're reading Colossians, that a lot of Colossians applied to a lot of these answers. Yeah. He is before all things, and in him all things hold together. And he is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning and the firstborn from among the dead, so that in everything he might have the supremacy. And we have Colossians 1, 24, 25. Now I rejoice in what was suffered for you, and I fill up my flesh in what is still lacking in regard to Christ's afflictions, for the sake of his body, which is the church. I have become its servant by commission, by the commission God gave me to represent to you the word of God in its fullness. So what I see, and I see the body, which is the church. Yeah. And then uh, Christ is the head of the body. Yeah. It's that big J in the middle of that triangle. is Jesus. Yeah. Good. There we go. So, Should we go on? Here's our next question. What does it mean to be a Christian in everyday life? So, Dad, to you as a 51-year-old, what does it mean to be a Christian in everyday life? As a young 51-year-old. Young 51. Yeah. Surprisingly youthful 51-year-old. <laughs> Is that a picture of me? I hope not. No. <laughs> I think you're the little yellow guy, though, that's smiling. Yeah. Okay. Uh, well, I know there was an example on this. It was uh, I came home one night. No one, again, this is just in a coffee shop, and so we're throwing these questions at each other, and it's just, well, what's going on in our lives today that makes us think about this? And so uh, what came to my mind was uh, kind of convicting, and it was either that day before that or something. I'd come home. I think yeah. the boys were on vacation, and uh, they had rented, you know, 27 years of Doctor Who. I don't know if you know who Doctor Who is. But, Quite that much. And uh, so they had this marathon going on, and, and I came home late, and I was tired, and so, you know, the house is a bit of a mess, and so I kind of did my, hello, how are you, grumpy dad thing, and went to bed. And then I got up uh, the next morning, and, you know, uh, it, it uh, looked like there had been a teenage 
Doctor Who marathon going on. It's and, got a uh, very distinctive look. Yes, very distinctive look. And so I've been known in those situations to have uh, early morning cleaning rallies, haven't I? Sometimes. Yeah, sometimes. In the most major of cases. And not, not always with the best attitude and uh, not always with glee and gladness. Not always. Not no. always. So in this case, and again, no one I, this is somewhere in our process, and I've been reading Colossians a lot, and uh, I just had this uh, kind of conversation in the spirit with Christ that uh, I had this conviction. You know, that, you know Ted, uh, you need to be a steward as a father. You need to teach your children, but you need to be able to clean these dishes and clean this house with a good attitude yourself before you can uh, go to your kids with it. So so what did you see the next morning when you got up? Well, when I got up, um, I knew that we had left it in a mess, so I expected it to still be in a mess when I got up, and then I'd have to clean it throughout the morning. But it was all cleaned up, and I didn't find out till later that that is what had transpired. So, and I made kind of a... an intentional commitment there that from now on that was going to be true of my life, that I can't jump on my kids, even for something I have nothing to do with their mess or not, until I'm willing to act on it with a a spirit that reflects Christ. Now, here's the question I kind of hate to ask. How am I doing? You're doing pretty good. Yeah? All right. It's definitely a lot cleaner. <laughs> okay, that's good. <laughs> I didn't expect that answer. Okay. <laughs> Hey, Noah, I'm going to ask you the question. All right. What does it mean to be Christian in everyday life? Well, um, when I think of this, I was thinking about um, everyday life and sort of that kind of thing, Christian-like morals. Um, And I thought about a Thursday about a month back, a few weeks, something like that. And it was a a pretty um, normal day, Um, you know, just... I've been having a sort of bad day, kind of missed lunch, stuff like that. Um, and then I went, I was going to go to the library, and I received a text from my mother that um, she wasn't going to be able to pick me up, and I didn't get that. So I called her once I got there, and one of my brothers was going to come pick me up. And um, uh, he didn't get there. <laughs> um, so I was uh, at the library, and you know, it was getting closer and closer to closing time, and I was there past closing time for about 10 minutes, and then finally you came to pick me up. And when we got home, instead of getting angry at my brother, I just well went downstairs, and it turns out he had fallen asleep. And instead of getting angry, I just sort of forgave him and moved on. And I remember when we sat down that date for coffee. You were kind of in a bad mood. And yeah. So how's it going, guys? So I had a really bad day. And then I got the story about you getting left at the library in the snow with your brother. Yeah. You up. Oh, yeah. So what stands out there? I heard the word forgiveness. Uh, yeah, I was I kind of surprised myself there because usually what um, the usual response is to get mad and angry. And I didn't really consciously do it. I was just sort of thinking about it. It's like, it's not really something to get mad over because I make mistakes, you make mistakes, and it's just life. Okay, so I hear, I, I think you're hearing both of us. There's some, uh, Colossians talks about shedding your old self and there putting we go. on your new self. So what was our rule? Colossians says. Back to the word of truth. Back there we to go. the word of truth. So, first we have Colossians 1, 9, and 10. For this reason, since the day we have heard about you, we have not stopped praying for you and asking God to fill you with the knowledge of his will through all spiritual wisdom and understanding. And we pray in this order that you may live a life worthy of the Lord and may please him in every way, bearing fruit in every good work, growing in the knowledge of God. Growing in the knowledge of God. I like that. With all spiritual wisdom and understanding. And Colossians 3, 17 which I think we probably would label this as our favorite verse in Colossians. Yeah, very close to. Whatever you do, whether in word or deed, 
Do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. That's kind of applied to that what, really what we're talking about. That one really hits the nail on the head, yeah. Word and deed, giving thanks in what we're doing. Yeah. There we go. Good. So let's move on to our next question, which is what should our attitude be towards God? You had a good answer on this one when you came up. Yes. Um, I immediately thought, um, I was thinking of, well, people every day have problems with attitude, obviously, but where's a good biblical example of somebody having a problem with attitude with God? And and I was thinking about what the attitude should be towards God, and I was thinking it should be pretty much trust, because uh, you have to trust God to take care of things, and sometimes things may not look like they're going to work out, and they do. And I was thinking about Jonah, and Jonah was content and nice right where he felt comfortable in his comfort area. Jonah's the guy with the whale. Yeah, Jonah's the guy with the whale. Um, and he was, and God was asking him to do things sort of in the city where he was used to, that sort of area. And then when God had sort of asked him to do something harder, he ran off. And then... And I sort of thought that's probably not the attitude you should have towards God because you should trust God that it's going to work out and just follow him. Um, and then Jonah sort of realized that and he sort of, he didn't really know that God was going to um, spare him. So he just sort of jumped into the whale. And then it all sort of, it didn't really work work out. It it did sort of. And he just went to Nineveh and got uh, that So trust. I heard in that that he didn't have a good attitude and then he did trust God and... Yeah. Even though maybe he still didn't like the idea. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. I guess that's kind of real for us. Yeah. Yeah. It's not in Colossians, but we'll go, we'll go with that. It's not in Colossians, no. It's in the Bible, though. Okay. <laughs> so, Dad, to you, what should I attitude, attitude be towards, towards Christ? I like your word, trust. And I, as I think about this in my life, being a young 51, young. Um, I know... A couple words that come to mind. One is sovereignty, and the other is faith. And uh, we all know and have in our lives, sometimes things work out, sometimes they don't, sometimes they really go south. And uh, our attitude needs to start with a faith in Christ and in his sovereignty that in everything going on in our lives, in the world around us, if you read the paper, listen to the news, it's easy to lose hope. So our faith needs to begin with trusting that God has a plan and that we're part of that plan. And this conversation we've been having is part of that plan. And we had to go through uh, your mom's cancer a couple years ago, right? And that didn't seem to make sense. And we, God's sovereignty, we had to trust in God's sovereignty through that and in everyday life, right? The littlest things and the biggest of things. So faith, trust, and hope. Yep. That's how I would answer that question. See what Colossians has to say. I've trained you in the TV remote. You should be able to handle it. There we go. All right. Colossians 2, 4, and 7. Six and seven, I think it was, wasn't it? It was six and seven. So then, just as you received Christ Jesus as Lord. Continue to live in him, rooted and built up in him, strengthened in the faith as you were taught, and overflowing with thankfulness. And I, I know uh, Colossians is full of the word thankful. Yeah. And we have Colossians one twenty three, which reads, If you continue in your faith, established and firm, not moved from the hope held out in the gospel, this is the gospel that you have heard and been proclaimed to every creature under heaven, and of which I, Paul, have become a servant. What stands out there in that moment? 
Um, every creature under heaven. Yeah? It's a lot of creatures. A lot of creatures. Good. So. Thank you. Our, la- our final question is, um, how should we, be, we as Christians be Christ to each other, both Christians and non-Christians? What was your quote? You had a quote or something. Uh, I think your quote is better. You do? I think your quote Yours is better. Yours was Yoda or something. Mine was Yoda, yeah. yes. Yeah, okay. What was it just for um, Do or do not, there is no try. Yoda and mine's Francis of Assisi. They're both kind yeah, of Jedi Knight. I think they're both short. Short? Okay. okay. Little green. And uh, even though we've been talking about conversations that matter, uh, the quote uh, that I came to mind, though, I said he liked, was uh, Francis of Assisi, which he says, Preach the gospel, and if necessary, use words. And uh, what does it mean to be Christ to each other? So I think it starts with uh, love. Starts with our relationship with God. Yeah. And then it starts, and then it goes from there to love, acts of love. And uh, conversations that matter. Let me ask you, you know, do conversations that matter, do they have to have words? Um, no, not exactly. Um, if you're, it really depends on where you're best. Because if you're good with words, then yes, but... If the situation isn't really one for words, or if you're not as good with speaking as somebody else, your deeds can also really send a message to somebody else. So it's it's really um, what the situation dictates. But there's really almost always an opportunity. Okay. Hey, can I have the next slide? Yeah. One more. Back to, yep, go. Okay. Let's go to the let's go to the verses and see what Colossians says. Colossians 4, 5, and 6. Be wise in the way you act toward outsiders. Make the most of every opportunity. Let your conversation be always full of grace, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how to answer everyone. We kind of talked about that salt. Salt. What comes to mind? Salt sort of um, brings out the flavor in food. (laughs) We had like an hour conversation. Yeah, we had an hour conversation about salt. (laughs) <laughs> and uh, and um, you can oversalt and you can undersalt. There's really the right amount that you can put on it. So kind of uh, so what I hear in that is that uh, God uses us in the circumstances and the lives He's given us. Yeah. And so we need to be surrendered to Christ to use us in whatever opportunity comes. Mm-hmm. Then okay. we have Colossians three twelve through seventeen. Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Bear with each other and forgive whatever grievances you may have against one another. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. And over all these virtues, put on love, which binds them together in perfect unity. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, since as members of one body you were called to peace. And be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell on you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom as you sing psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs with gratitude in your hearts to God. And whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. That's good. That's rich. Yeah. I like that one. I thought of one more verse. Go ahead. 320. Children, obey your parents and everything, for this pleases the Lord. (laughs) Do you have the next one? 
The next verse? The next one, yeah, go ahead. Let me read the next verse. Go ahead. Fathers, do not embitter your children, as they will become discouraged. Okay. That's there great. you go. Can I have the next slide? Impact. There's two younger guys. They both have less hair. Yeah. One good, one bad. Young 51. Yeah. yeah. Well, I'd say young, that's hey, uh, younger than 51. As we look at this picture, it reminds me there's, there's no question in my mind that uh, this little boy in that picture has had an impact on my life and my walk with Christ since before he was born. And I just kind of have to reiter- reiterate that God's intention for each of you, wherever you're at in your life, uh, circumstances, difficult or not, in this very moment, God intends to use you to impact somebody else for Christ. So what does that conversation that matter look like for you? And again, it can be an act of kindness. It can be a few words. And what we, just, what we be, had over six weeks, we kind of surprised us both, didn't it? can be a whole conversation, yeah. 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 Any thoughts, Noah, as, this, as we go to communion as to what you've learned from this experience? Well... Um, I've learned that um, the scripture, you really need to go back to it because you can state your opinion all day long and it doesn't mean it's correct unless you go back to the scripture and you can find it in the scripture. And um, that the conversations that matter really do matter. Good. Thank you, Noah, for your help. Here we go. It's been a good experience for me. We're going to go to communion. The last slide. And uh, is Pastor Neil ready for communion? There you go. Oh, yeah, I'm, I'm sorry. Thank you. Yeah, I'm going to do a prayer for Noah as we close. And I kind of took this from Colossians, some Colossians verses. Noah, since before you were born, we have not stopped praying for you and asking God to fill you with the knowledge of his will through all spiritual wisdom and understanding. And as I pray this, I pray this in order that you may have a life worthy of the Lord and may please him in every good way. Bearing fruit in every good work, growing in the knowledge of God, being strengthened with all power according to his glorious might, so that you may have a great endurance and patience and joyfully give thanks to the Father who has qualified you right now to share in the inheritance of the saints in the kingdom of light. And as Paul ends Colossians, see to it that you complete the work which you have received from the Lord. Thank you, Noah. In Jesus' name, amen.